Hey, y'all, Shagal Marie, the Spiritual Homegirl, and this is episode 99 of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast, where we are about bettering self and spirit to empower community, but from a homegirl just like you perspective, somebody who's on the journey day by day, just like you. Now, before I get started, I do need to give you all my usual note of gratitude. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land, you choose to lend me your ears once a week for about an hour or so, and I really super duper hella appreciate that. I am in a very, very glorious mood. I'm very tired, but I'm in a good mood. First of all, I woke up, one of my alarms in my um, home went off. Not burglar alarm, but like a smoke detector or something. I think, you know, I was like, oh, okay. So I get up and it's five in the morning and I'm like, well, the sun's up. Um... And the, and the alarm hasn't yet, so let me just go outside. I look at my garden, which has been growing, and it's about eight cucumbers that I still have yet to prune. My beets are pretty much, I have to eat them now because they didn't came all the way up from the ground. I guess that was a good thing, me leaving them in there. But I was like, oh, I'm going to eat these uh, these beets. Okay, cool. Take some of these green onions. I seen some of, the, uh, some of my okra are growing. I thought they were flowers, but it looks like that fell off, and I think that phase is over. And it's time to eat some of them good old them good old fried okras in about a week or so. I'm really excited. I want to be overwhelmed with okra because every time I seem to plant okra, I always get overwhelmed with them. And it's to the point where I like literally have maybe 10 to 20 pieces a day. We don't see if that shows up for this for this season, but I, I wouldn't be mad because I love, love okra. I'll go on an okra diet if I had to. But I was like, you know what? Looking at my garden, I saw so much brown and um. When it comes to plants, brown is not necessarily a good sign. Brown represents death. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of brown leaves on all of my plants. And I said, um, I know a cancer new moon is on the way. I got to do these plants, though, because normally I like to do my stuff by the, uh, by the moon phase. But I said, you know what? I'm out here in the air. It's 540 in the morning at this point. The sun is out. It's cool out. I can water my plants, give them the water they need for the day before the sun comes out. Um, and I'll go ahead and just prune my plants. It took me an hour. I went over every single plant. And I snipped all of the dead energy from the plant. And to be honest, I should have did it a long time ago. But um, for some reason, I was somewhat attached to that. And some of the stuff that had to be pruned came from a particular event that happened in California about a month and a half, maybe maybe a little bit under a month and a half ago. What happened was while it was still somewhat late springish, heading towards summer, there was a particular day that was abnormal here in California where it was like 90 degrees. Most of the weather had been maybe 78 to 80 ish. But this one day was so hot it shocked every single plant that I had shocked it okay even my um my little peace lilies and things like that shocked it to where my poor leaves were um brown like my, the sun had burnt it it was like nope we're gonna burn it to a crisp and I, I thought I lost a lot of my plants but in actuality why I didn't realize that that sun it killed a version of some of my plants but over time, I noticed that there was new green uh, foliage coming in. And I said, oh, my plants have resurrected itself. So I was like, oh, man, okay. And this is why I love gardening because gardening, you putting me on some game. Oh, my God, I love it. So um, I'm literally kicking the ground. I don't know if you can hear it. Like, I'm uh, so excited. So I was like, man, um, I, a part of me wanted to, to, to let it stay, but I didn't know if I was going to have to let go of the, I just didn't know how to, how to do it. I just, I didn't know. 
to be honest. Um, Because I've never in the five years I had a garden, well, the four years, this is my fifth year. Wait, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Okay, technically the five other years I've had um, gardens and things like that. Um, or the better part of five years. I've never had a situation where my plants were shocked like that. Normally in Georgia, those those days never messed my plants up like that to where my plants were burnt to a crisp. It never worked like that. So what I forgot to realize about these this dead um this dead uh, leaves and, and burned leaves is that that was still taking energy out of my plant. It was still attached to the plant. And I looked and was like, this stuff got to go because I can't see the, the, the new plant that's trying to emerge if I keep having this dead energy around it. So I was like, you know what? Let me get to um, just pruning. So again, it took about an hour, but I got every single plant done. And it made me realize in my own life, and maybe you guys can res- resonate with this message, maybe not. Whatever it is, you know, it's up to you in terms of what you want to accept or reject. I just want to remind you guys that pruning your own plants energetically is so important. And the same way I didn't want to let go of those plants that had um, that had now become dead matter on my plants that seemed to want to regrow itself. I had to let that go so that the plant that was trying to emerge could emerge fresh. And I know in our own journey, sometimes we need to be pruning people that need to take their ass on. But yet we don't because we're attached to how things look or how a certain how a group looks or how a person looks in your life or the energy of that person. But if all they're all they're bringing to your life is dead energy or they're sucking you dry to where you don't have fresh life energy and you don't and you're and you're caving in and you're slowly dying on the inside what good is having them around so i'm hoping somebody out there gets their 5 a.m moment where they're like damn i'm tired this alarm woke me up for a reason and again like i said it wasn't a, 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 a it was like a smoke alarm or something it was something that must have been testing or something but um i was awakened for a reason to go up and to go out there and get that done. Because I didn't do anything else after that. I tried to go back to sleep, but I couldn't sleep. So I just kind of sat there and kind of mulled over what had happened um, for the most part of the morning before I um, handled the rest of the business for the day. But I kind of sat on that and was like, dang, I really woke up. I was guided to wake up. I was forced to wake up. I was forced to wake up over something that wasn't even a, a lingering situation. It was a, a, a test alarm. Beep, 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 beep. And it woke me up. And I couldn't go back to sleep. So I said, well, the sun's out. Let's do it. I don't know. I just I, I just think that that was something that wasn't ordered by me. I really and truly in my heart of hearts believe that I was being pulled to do that because I hadn't done it and I needed to do that. So for those that are um, that are um, needing their 5 a.m. moment and, and they can't seem to do it because sometimes we like to have people around that ain't shit, but they, they, their presence seems to be a comfort even when they don't comfort you with the presence. All they do is take or, or add bullshit to your life. But some of you may have that 5 a.m. moment y'all want, but y'all might not be ready to do it. Just keep just keep thinking the way you are. You know you got to do better and you can't quite hit the button on it because you're not ready. And honestly, I would hate for you to do something when you're not ready. Those things don't tend to stick. And plus, you know, it's Mercury retrograde. But, you know, the way I look at retrogrades is just make sure you, it, in your chart that retrograde actually affects you. Like I always tell people, I started Spiritual Homegirl almost four years ago, officially, like in the public's eye. 
I did that and launched in the middle of a Mercury retrograde. It was kicking my ass too. So I know y'all would say, oh, if you start something retrograde, don't last long. We've been rocking for almost half a decade, nonstop. So I'm, I'm a person that's kind of like, eh, retrogrades kind of sort of affect you depending on what you're doing, depending on your chart. But for those, again, like I said, that's kind of like staying stuck on that, that rhetoric of, oh, Mercury retrograde, you're not supposed to double check the chart. Because, I mean, shit, your season might be during this retrograde. You never know. But also, if that way I look at it as well is, if someone wasn't shit before this retrograde, I don't think... Making a decision or, or mulling over the decision or waiting for that 5 a.m. moment to do what you got to do to prune your own energetic garden. I don't really think that's hindering on, on, on Mercury retrograde. If somebody wasn't shit before the planets was moving around, what makes you think they're going to be shit when the planets decide to retrograde and do whatever they're doing? And that's another thing I kind of like try to stay away from when it comes to astrology. People ain't shit sometimes, regardless of what planet is in retrograde. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. It's just a matter of you being 100% sure that person don't bring nothing positive to your life and you got to make a move. So some people might be looking for that 5 a.m. moment. Just keep, just keep releasing it and being ready. Once you're ready, the opportunity will come where you have no, at least in my experience. So let me not get to talking like I know everybody's experience. But for me, my my 5 a.m. moments like today usually happen when I know I have to do it, but for some reason I can't bring myself to do it. And then the universe is kind of like, no, we're going to do this now. Like if we tried to give you opportunity to do it. No, you're going to do it now. So you're going to end up being forced in a situation. Well, again, through my experience, I'm always forced. And some of my homegirls can attest to this too. When you know you have to do something, but you don't do it, you end up finding yourself in a position where you have to do it anyway. You may not have the quote unquote balls to do it, but if it's really meant to be done, you're going to be forced to do what you got to do. Because usually, again, with my myself and some of my homegirls experiences that have been very similar, we're forced to do it because it's for our betterment. You know what I mean? Sometimes we make choices much quicker that do way more harm instead of just having the, the courage to just go ahead and do what we got to do in the moment. Sometimes we have to be nudged and pushed to do that. And that's okay. Um, but I will say, though, that divine push ain't no joke. Um, your ass don't have a choice. So I'm just saying, if you don't want to take that opportunity now, you know you have the power of choice. If you choose not to do it now, that's fine. But just remember, when the universe get the damn knocking, your ass got the answer. Because the universe don't go away. That The universe go knock and 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 go knock. Until you have no choice. You open the door and be like, Damn! The universe going to be like, didn't I tell your ass to goddamn go out there and prune them damn plants? <laughs> so I just wanted to share that with y'all. Um, it's about, let me think, 10 minutes. I'm excited. I am working on a new episode with my partner. And I'm going to share the title with you guys. I've been teasing it for the past three days. I am doing a hundred, my hundredth episode very soon. This episode is 99 for the nine, nine and a 100. We out here four years, a hundred episodes. I'm very proud of the journey. I'm proud. I didn't rush the process. I'm proud that I wasn't focusing on numbers. I was focusing on content. I was focusing on connection. And that's always been something in authenticity to who I am. I didn't, I never did this shit. To, to make money. I never did this to, to have numbers and download brags and shit like that. That stuff is secondary. My priority was to give somebody the opportunity to have somebody they could relate to on the journey of the unknown because I know for damn sure when I was going through this shit, I didn't have nobody that I could relate to. Not necessarily 100%, but somewhere I can look at and be like, yo, like I see her and me together. I see me and her and her and me. I see an example that makes sense that applies to me. Um, you know, different shows for different folks. So 
I'm just really grateful that I've had the opportunity to use my voice and my experience and even the lessons, mistakes, heartbreaks, the whole nine to my platform in hopes that it will really help somebody on their journey and figure it out a little bit better than I have. Um, you know what I'm saying? So that's really what it's about. So episode number 100 is on the motherfucking way. I'm sorry, this probably killed your ears. I don't care, goddamn. It's 100 episodes. We out here. We out here. 100 quality-ass episodes. And low-key, it would have been like 115. I was actually on this uh, mini-episode kick for like three years. My grandfather had passed away. I was devastated, y'all. And I had all these epiphanies that was coming up. And I, and I really thank him for it. Because I really feel like, again, me and my grandfather was close. We still close. Even though he's not here physically, we still tight. And I feel like those episodes were all him. Those were all lost episodes because at the time my producer didn't want me to do episodes that were under like 15 minutes and things like that. So there were mini ups, you know, hit and runs, you know what I'm saying? Like bang, bang, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Next to the episode, next one, next one, next one, get next one on the run, on the run. So that was kind of the, the, the mind frame I was in where I was just like literally spitting off stuff and I'd be done spitting off stuff and I'd be done. So now that I did some like a hundred full length episodes almost. I'm really, really excited to share with y'all the title of my hundredth episode. And I also got some elders up in the brain of y'all too. I'm super excited. And they're really great people, y'all. Like they're I've told y'all I don't bring no uh no BS on this platform. And if they end up being on BS after I interview them, I'm taking their ass down. I don't play that shit. But luckily I don't have that and um, I don't have that problem to deal with as of this uh, as of now. So I'm really blessed about that. But the episode for 100 is going to be. Hold on. I got to hit the drum roll. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me hit the drum roll. Oh, oh that's not a drum line. Hold on. That's not a drum roll. Hold on. The Religion of White Supremacy is going to be my 100th episode. 100th episode, The Religion of White Supremacy. And I have a very special guest. Now, he's no stranger to me and he's no stranger to Spiritual Homegirl. However, to the public, I think you guys will really enjoy him. Um, lately, he's been hitting press runs on CNN and things like that. But you'll soon, you'll soon find out who he is sooner than later. But I will say the man is indeed very major. That's a hint. So with that being said, I will tune in with y'all. The next episode will be my 100th official episode, The Religion of White Supremacy, with my special guest who has been very, very, very vocal during these times. And I'm so honored to have him on my platform. It's been two years in the making. And ironically, I guess um, everything is times to happen when it needs to. And it seems like this is the time and this is going to be the conversation. So make sure you tune in. Make sure you share with all your friends. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can be the first to hear it. Also, Tribe Letter is going out. And um, at the suggestion of one of my friends, and let me tell y'all something about, about Tribe that I really, I really fool with. The ones that hit me up that have been very supportive, that, um, that have done a lot in terms of helping spiritual homegirl um, spread in terms of like word of mouth and things like that. Some of y'all are very vocal with feedback and it's always been respectful. And I really appreciate y'all for that. One of y'all. And I mean, some of y'all brought this up, but I don't think I was ready to have the conversation yet because at the time I was still kind of adjusting to being a new quote unquote brand in business and I didn't quite feel right. So one of y'all, and I don't want to say her name because I don't know if she wants to be mentioned, but she said, Maria, you do so much work and I appreciate it. And she's like, you know, like 
you don't ever burn out? And I said, yeah, sometimes I do. Sometimes I have to take a break. I have to recharge, you know? And she said, but I think you should um, start a Patreon. And I said, eh. One of my partners actually told me a year ago to do it. And I was kind of like, eh. So when I was listening, she said, well, Marie, you do a lot of stuff. You do the podcast for free, do your YouTube for free, your Instagram is game for free. You do, you do almost eight letters a month for free. She's like, so I think you, at some point, you have to put a price and a value on what you're offering. Not every single thing, but on some things, some things. She's like, because at the same time, you can't get from an empty cup and you give up so much of your energy. She's like, you deserve to be compensated for that. And I was like, and she said not all things, but a couple things. And I was like, you might be right. So I think I may be creating a Patreon um, on Sunday. I'll let y'all know the details. Um, maybe on the next episode so y'all can know. But I actually had a shout out to another one of your, uh, the tribe members. Matter of fact, it's two tribe members. I don't know this woman's name. Hold on, let me find her, her cash app. Because she saw my Instagram rant. And she gave me some love. Like, she literally... She gave me a tip and I didn't even know. Like, <laughs> I think I had said, I cracked a joke and was like, if y'all trying to argue with me, my cash tag is spiritual homegirl. So if you want to argue with me, it's $20 per 10 minutes. And then I give you 120 per hour or something like that. And, um, <laughs> and, um, this woman, Miss Zany. Said recent IG comment. She cashed at me and was like, that resonated with me. And I was like, well, dang, well, thank you. Like, I wasn't asking for that. Like, seriously, that was just a smart ass little, you know, sassy, you know, type of thing I say. But I was like, oh, wow, thank you. Then there was another gentleman yesterday. I don't know if he wants me to tell me, uh, everyone his name, but he said, hey, what is your cash? If I really appreciate the work you're doing. And I'm not used to that, y'all. Keep it a thousand. I'm not used to people hitting me up saying, how are you doing during this pandemic? How are you doing during this upright, uh, this, this spirit of uprising in the nation? How are you doing with everything? How are you doing managing? So it's really interesting to hear it come from someone else's mouth and, and say, hey, like, what can I do for you? Like, how can I help you? So I thought that was really ill, man. I thought it was dope. And that person uh, cashed at me a hundred dollars. For the work, I was like, wow, that's really good. Like, thank you. Like, I don't, again, like I said, I don't ask nobody to donate and things like that. I never have. But, um, I mean, I may sell products, but, you know, I've never been like, hey, make sure you cash act me, you know, things like that. I've never done that. So, it's just been really good to see, like, people support what I do or more so recognize what I do. Because support is my love language. I ain't going to front. It is. But it's really cool to see people say, yo, that resonates with me. Regardless of the of the content, Um or regardless of the the amount is more of, hey, I see you. I want to donate to your cause. And given that I'm going to be working on some um, some nonprofit stuff in the near future, because I mean, like I said um, months ago, I'm, I'm going through a transition where I'm focusing um, spiritual homegirl in a lens that'll be a lot more competent from a clinical perspective. And I'm really excited to say that I've taken that step to do that. So um, we're going to integrate a lot of great stuff um, on the platform. As time continues to go on, as I learn more and as I bring some of my homegirls that fit the scope of where we move, I'm going to bring them in and you'll you'll see exactly what I'm saying. But it was just really cool to get that kind of support, especially in hard times like these. And I really appreciate it. So I just want to thank, um, thank those people that kind of sold the seed in me to kind of remind myself of my own value sometimes, which is great. Not saying I don't have no value on me, but at the same time. You know, there are some things and some parts of my energy that I do have to place a value on because of the fact that it comes from me. And that when you put so much into what you do um, that you believe is your life's work, sometimes you kind of think about everybody else 
and you always make yourself last. And um, I think that was a good thing until I realized that sometimes, most times it can be a good thing, but you have to make sure you take care of yourself. And I said, okay, all right. So that's where we're moving. Um, Again, more competent. For those that want to work a little deeper with me, that's where the Patreon will come into play. Um, Because I give out a lot of myself online and I have to take breaks a lot more now, I'm noticing, in order to recharge and keep up with what's going on. I mean, I try to take a break Wednesday and Thursday, and today is Friday. Today is Juneteenth, which I'll get into in just a moment. But, um, oh my God, this is going to be a long, a full-length episode. Oh, it's already 20 minutes. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up because I want to save my honey episode for my dog. But um, my dog, oh wait, I didn't tell y'all the name. My special guest. I'll leave it at that. But yes, I just wanted to do that. And also, it's Juneteenth. I was in Lamert today. It was going up. I'm pretty sure it was a thousand people that was outside. Now, I know you probably like, damn girl, where your mask at? You tripping. My mask was on. I was social distancing my ass off as, as much as I could to the point where like if I stood in the spot, I had to just stand in the spot for a while and kind of regroup. But it was beautiful to see everybody, even in spite of the social distancing and things like that and what's going on, still stay vigilant and cautious and try their best to um, fellowship the best way they could, all things considering. So that was cool. So I'm about to take me a nice little cocktail of uh, elderberries and colonial silver and astragalus root because immune systems, uh, we, we don't stop the strengthening of the immune system, okay? Especially now that I've been outside. So I'm definitely going to take me a nice little cocktail of silver, colonial silver, elderberries, and astragalus. Um, so I will be on that in a wine glass <laughs> for the rest of the evening. So with that being said, the energy today is just so beautiful. And for those who don't know what Juneteenth is, Juneteenth was not our freedom day, okay? It wasn't. It was not our freedom day. Juneteenth is basically the day we found out we were free two years after the damn fact. That's how shitty America is. America tried to get all they could out of us, and they didn't even want to tell our asses we was free. until so somebody had to come and be like, hold on, this happened in Texas. They was like, hold on, ho. Nuh-uh. Y'all free. Uh-uh. Hello, ho. Plantation owner? No, no, no. They free. Let them go. Let them go. So it's, it was, it was a, basically a day of, of beautiful news. And given that everything is so tumultuous right now, having that news or celebrating that news feels damn good today. I'm not even going to lie. I feel amazing. I feel so good knowing that. And I don't care about the, the public recognition of Juneteenth. I could give a damn. Uh, you can recognize Juneteenth all day. Y'all asses still not recognizing them laws that got to be changed. Y'all not recognizing that these fuck-ass police that's killing folks got to go to jail and deal with the same injustice system that my people and other indigenous people of color deal with. So I'm just not really, I'm not really here for the commercialization. I'm not here for the the uh, Black Lives Matter movement being co-opted as a marketing tool. Y'all can kiss my ass with that too because I peep game. You ain't finna use a pain and suffering to make no motherfucking check off me. The fuck? So I'm just not I'm just not with that. But I am again grateful for something like a Juneteenth that was always authentic to African American black culture. Always was authentic. We ain't never had to have nobody co-sign shit. It was always something that was celebrated. Keep it a thousand. If you saw my Instagram on yesterday, my throwback Thursday was from nineteen Oh, I don't want to tell you my age. 1990-something, okay? I was about 10 or 11 years old. Me and my sister are smack dab in the front of the newspaper at, um, at an army base in California that we lived at right before we moved back south to settle in Atlanta. And me and my sister are getting food at the Juneteenth celebration. That was in California. My earliest Juneteenth celebration, if I remember correctly, was in Texas. And that was a big old family reunion of people that I didn't know but felt like family. 
And the reason why it felt like family is because that same joy that I feel today with celebrating such good news, they felt it too. And it was, it was, it was shared and it was shared through love. So, and also Juneteenth, I mean, I see, I mean, I, I saw some Texans kind of getting in their feelings about feeling like that was they, they thing. And I get it because low key, it, it belonged to Texas. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is black joy and I'm never down for, um, for, uh, discrediting any form of celebration of black joy so i get it you know we have to understand the roots do originate in texas and that that and i see why texans are very um some of them some of them have been territorial about it but at the same time it's black joy and people are learning more about their culture and their history and as somebody that celebrated their very first juneteenth in texas i as a texas resident because again my family was military before we moved back south and i i was in colleen texas and you know I, i get it but um but I just, you know, at the end of the day, it's black joy. And I just feel like in this type of time, we need all the joy we can get. So, um, yeah, with that being said, I love y'all. Don't forget to sign up for Traveler to SpiritualHomeGirl.com. SpiritualHomeGirl.shop. I'm going to launch some new stuff. It's going to be limited time only. I'm really excited about that. Also, uh, the Patreon's going to go up. I'll give y'all more details on the next episode. Also, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so. If you haven't uh, followed me on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, I'm at SpiritualHomeGirl everywhere. And that's it, y'all. Tell a friend. Have a good day. Um, And remember, y'all, trust the journey. Trust yourself. Get some joy today. Celebrate your life. You're worthy of being celebrated. Peace.